Hey, it's the Left Coasters podcast. I'm Dangles. I'm Brian. And I am Tony. And you can find the Left Coasters on Facebook as well as Instagram at the Left Coasters podcast. Always hit us up with your comments and your questions and we will get them on the show. Thank you for listening. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, to the three idiots in attendance and the millions listening around the world, this is the Left Coasters podcast. Tony Cavallo, Matthew Dangles, Daniel Antonio, Brian the Ballerina Balzarini. And if you're like me, you're sitting here doing a little jig in your seat, listening to our uh, our entrance music there. It's two years now we've had this music, and it still is wonderful every time. The man, the myth, the legend, Gene Makovsky made this song for us. He's a wonderful, wonderful human with a... He's on tour right now, a fall U.S. tour. Where doing, is he? Doing some of his music and if you're listening to this on a Thursday or a Friday and you live in Detroit, Michigan, he is performing at a secret location in Detroit, Michigan, Friday night, November the 9th around 7 p.m. And if you want to find out where that is, if you're in the area, you go to Gene Makovsky Music on Facebook.com. That's G-E-N-E. M-I-C-O-F-S-K-Y. Join his little Facebook page. Go click on the link to the Detroit show. Get yourself a ticket and go enjoy a night of wonderful musings by our man, Gene McCoskey. And listen to some of his music on SoundCloud. It could Absolutely. be a fantastic work. Fantastic work. You will enjoy it. Yeah, we love him to death and we wish him well. And go see him in that Detroit show if you can make the show. But now is the time when we do our Thursday show. We have the Battle for Los Angeles. The reason why we do this podcast, the L.A. Rams and the L.A. Chargers. We've been following them since the jump. And this is a damn good year to be an L.A. football fan. We'll be breaking them down in a second. And then after that, we'll be doing our weekly Pick'em, where, again, yours truly is still leading the uh, leading the league right now in Pick'ems. I'm just doing so well. These guys are starting to hate me even more. Yeah. Uh, but let's move on now to the L.A. Rams. They had a big game, the marquee game of their season against those New Orleans Saints, and they just couldn't pull it out in the Superdome. New Orleans now is the head-to-head tiebreak over them, and uh, L.A. would have to beat them by a game at the end of the season to have home field advantage. And that means something. It's tough to go to the Superdome and play as we saw this week. Dangles, can you give me the stats on what happened to the Rams this past Sunday? So your final was 45-35. to The Saints over the Rams. Uh, Rams suffering their first loss of this season. They are now 8-1 and on the year. Jared Goff was 28-40 of 40 for 391 yards. Three touchdowns and a pick finished the game with a uh, 115.7 rating, mm. uh, 82 uh, quarterback rating. Drew Brees, meanwhile, 25 of 36, 346 yards, four touchdowns. Big day uh, uh, for one of the goats. Uh, Todd Gurley, uh, 13 carries, 68 yards and a touchdown. Uh, Alvin Kamara led the way rushing for the Saints, 19 carries for 82 yards. Couldn't be stopped. And two touchdowns. He also caught a touchdown. He yeah. uh, was very difficult to stop. And then uh, receiving wise. 
wise, Brandon Cooks, six catches for 114 yards and a touchdown. Cooper Cup also found the end zone. He caught five balls for 89 yards. And uh, Michael Thomas with a 200-plus yard receiving day career for high. the Saints. A career day, 12 catches, 211 total yards and a touchdown. Uh, and then a throwback celebration uh, uh, that'll cost him a couple uh, a thousand dollars. But oh, yeah. they're pulling the phone out of the uh, 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 goalpost a la Joe Horn it was back wonderful. in the early 2000s. It was little throwback celebration there. Uh, so a, a decent game all around. Uh, defensively, not a whole lot in terms of uh, uh, turnovers. Mark no, Ingram lost a fumble, and that was one thing I was going to sort of ask you about. That's where the problem like, was. Yeah, they didn't force any. They didn't force Drew Brees to turn the ball no. over. They didn't. Uh, they did. Like I said, Mark Ingram did fumble the ball and cough it up. They were able to get that one turnover, but um, otherwise they only pressured Drew Brees five times. They hit him four times. They only no got sacks. two. They only got two tackles for a loss. Yeah, and no sacks over the course of the game. So pretty much that says that the Saints were getting positive yardage on almost every play, yep. and that Drew Brees was not facing any sort of pressure in the pocket from the Rams' front line. And that's where the problem lies right there. That offense can do anything against any team. I really believe in that offense, and Jared Goff showed that he can play with the big boys. The problem is that defense. It is not worth the money that they have spent on those players. Obviously, Aqib Talib is not in there, but your man Dante Fowler Jr. was uh, never to be seen this week he was uh, all on over Sunday. The, he was on the field. He played a lot of snaps. Your criticism was that he wasn't going to be used as anything more than a third down pass rusher, and I saw him on several first down snaps on an edge there, on several second down snaps. If that's any indication on how they're going to use look, it's his first game getting involved into a new defense. I'm not expecting him to come out and have 11 tackles and two sacks in his first. I just don't think that's a reasonable expectation. I still have high hopes for him. I don't have high hopes for that defense, though. They need to get their shit together. They need to get it to get it together fast. Marcus Peters is not worth the money they're paying him, and I know he's been playing with a little ankle injury, but everyone has injuries at this time of the year. He cannot hang with the big boys. Michael Thomas, again, a career high in receiving yards, mostly against Marcus Peters. Brian, what does this team need to do to sort of right the ship on the defensive side? Well, I think they're going to have to chalk this one up to be everything working against them. When you talk about the the atmosphere in the Superdome, yeah. there was not a lot working for them. And besides, they're playing a really good team that is used to playing well at home. When you talk about Drew Brees, Drew Brees um, is 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 quite elite when it comes to to playing at home. Since two, 2016, Drew Brees is ten and two against teams ranked in the top 10 in total defense entering the game. Mm. So do the Rams have a lot to work on? You brought up Marcus Peters 100%. Absolutely. But what we found was that the Rams, like we have maybe thought at the beginning of the season, while they are a good team and while their coordinators are fantastic, their head coach is fantastic, they are not the most top-to-bottom best team when it comes to everything going on on defense. They have an elite offensive uh, defensive line, rather, but... It's not going to always work for them against teams especially equipped like the New Orleans Saints, who have something like one of the shortest, shortest uh, snap to to ball passing the first uh, the the first or the, the the line of scrimmage than any other team. Yeah. Meaning they get the ball way up the field very quickly. Yeah. And when you when you talk about the elite athleticism of Mike Thomas and the way that Ben Watson played, uh, what you saw was them overmatching uh, a team that I think if you put the offensive uh, uh, unit for the Rams against the defensive unit in practice, I bet you that offensive unit runs circles around that defensive unit. Uh, That's because these high-powered teams are that difficult to beat, the Kansas City Chiefs being like another one. I really just think the Rams, if they play that game at home, 
and I think Todd Gurley has a better game. Todd Gurley uh, has been held up when he's held under 100 rushing yards uh, in uh, in eight and nine of the career games. He loses them. That's been my uh, uh, my one thing about the Rams this uh, this past week. And again, they were playing behind most of the game, but they didn't feed the man Gurley enough. He only had 13 carries in that game, as Daniels just said, and it's just not enough to you got to have your best player yeah. touch the ball more. And I think that goes to the to the logic that once you're behind, you kind of abandon the running game. Yeah. I, and I think them getting off to a, a bad start defensively uh, really put that offense in a rare position yeah. of being behind and not feeling like they could catch up. Now, I still don't understand the call that happened on the Johnny Hecker fake uh, uh, fake on fourth there. What where a John, Johnny call. Hecker started, That's a first down. started running to the first down marker. It looked to me, it seemed to me that he reached over the first down marker as he was sliding out of bounds. It was ruled on the field that he was short and then inconclusive evidence to overturn it. You hate that word inconclusive when it's going against your team, but that was really the changing point of the game. Rams are about to go up 21-14 on that team because they would have scored in that drive. The Saints weren't able to stop in the whole first quarter. And then to give it back, and now the Saints are up 21-14 after that sort of disparaging turn of events. It was a rough, rough, rough way for that game to go. But Dangles, my man... You're going to play this New Orleans team, this Atlanta team, this Carolina team, maybe even Philadelphia when they get their offense rolling. There are good offenses in the NFC, and if you want to make your way to the Super Bowl, you need to learn to stop those teams. You're not going to be able to outscore them every time. They have to be able to do something, right? Well, they do, and and I mean, I think again, you you mentioned that you know they sort of stopped running the ball, and 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 that Todd Gurley maybe needed to see the ball more. And I think you know we talked a little bit about it when we were watching these games on Sunday, and the, the, that's how you need how you beat the Rams. You make Jared Goff beat you with his arm he's still a young kid he's still sort of as good as he is he's still kind of finding his way um there's still not si- there are still situations where he makes wrong, he makes bad reads or where he locks into into a, a receiver um so yeah i mean I, I absolutely agree with you i don't i, I don't have any uh, any qualms about that and i mean if there again and i think we t- talked about it in our tuesday show if there is one silver lining to it all it is that jared goff was able to engineer such an impressive comeback uh, they had an 11 play touchdown drive uh, uh to open the second half uh, that was capped off by an incredible play, uh, some tiptoeing along the sideline by Malcolm Brown to to get into the end zone. Who, who you know you like you like you like seeing him get in there. He's a safe guy to have if, if anything ever happened to uh, Todd Gurley. So so I'm 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 encouraged by what I saw. But you're absolutely right. There's some defensive issues they need to address, namely stopping the run. Yeah. So let's see what we got next on the slate for those Rams after their first loss on the season. Eight and one Los Angeles Rams hosting. The four and four Seattle Seahawks. The four and four Seattle Seahawks coming into town against these Rams. Dangles. What do they need to do to beat this? Uh, what did I call the magically frisky uh, yes. uh, Seattle Seahawks team? Well, the Seattle Seahawks uh, came within two points of beating the Rams in a shootout last time. I, I suspect we will see a similar game this time around. I think this Seahawks team is a little better and a little more confident than the Seahawks team that played the Rams yes. last time yes. around. Uh, that game was in Seattle, so the Rams will enjoy home field advantage this time around playing at the Coliseum um you know I I think you kind of just got to keep sticking with what works don't don't sort of change I mean look you ran into a buzzsaw with the New Orleans Saints that we knew that that wasn't that wasn't an issue of the Rams not being able to score on the on the Saints defense they did that handily and I think they should be able to score on what is a stalwart Seattle Seahawks defense um it's going to be about containing Russell Wilson as usual um it's also going to be about stopping that Seattle run game I think they're a little bit more vulnerable when when he does have to improvise but there are a few who are are as good at improvising at Russell Wilson so this is going to be 
a tough matchup for I them. Th- I think you're right there. I think not only contain Russell Wilson, I think I said it the first time they played against Seattle, you need to get in his face and take him down to the ground. Aaron Donald coming into last week was leading the league in sacks and crazy stat for an interior defensive lineman to lead the league in sacks. He needs to get back on that horse and take Russell Wilson down a couple of times. Brian, who do you got winning this game? Uh, I'm going to pick the Los Angeles Rams simply because I think the the home field advantage uh, is is key in this latter part of the season, especially against your in-division rivals. Uh, the one thing I think the Rams are really going to have to be cognizant and aware of is that they don't want to fall back into this trap of of wondering what could have happened better against the New Orleans Saints. Yeah. That's a that's a high probability high probability win scenario for the New Orleans Saints. Don't think about it too much. Don't try to write too much. Just know that that's that's a that's a game that you're probably going to lose 6 or 7 out of out of 10 times. Yeah. Uh, maybe even higher. Know that you guys are a great team. Have that confidence. Know that you're ready and, and prepared and just do the things that you know you're capable of doing and allow Todd Gurley to be Todd Gurley. Don't settle for 13, 13 uh, uh, snaps or handoffs. That's just not going to get things done. Know that the Seattle Seahawks are going to bring their A game, but if you bring your A game, you're going to win this game. So don't don't settle for questioning yourself because if you start questioning yourself, that's quicksand. That's when you start walking into this kind of territory of, well, maybe we're not as good as we thought, and then that's a te- terrible time to feel to feeling less confident. Absolutely. This could be a trap game as well because, again, you're coming off of that New Orleans loss, and the next week it's uh, Monday night against the Kansas City Chiefs, and that's a game everyone has circled on their radar. You cannot forget about this Seattle game because they will bring the fight to you. Confidence. I am picking the Los Angeles Rams as well, although I am a little bit worried that I, I trust Sean McVay will get them on the right horse and have them looking at Seattle and not looking ahead. I'm picking the Rams. Dangles? I'm also picking the Rams. I think they're going to protect the football. Uh, another thing they could do to win this game is force some turnovers. That would be one other thing I would I would add to, to my points earlier would be if they can force Russell to turn the ball over. He had a 42-yard pick six Desmond King returned in that game and if you can get, I think, inside his head and if they can get a few interceptions on him or force him to fumble. He also had a fumble that he recovered in that game but still if you can force him to to put it be in situations where he could turn the ball over i think they're going to have success and against uh in front of a home crowd yelling whose house it's gonna be tough all right let's hope the rams do it let's hope that home field advantage isn't like the game against the packers where it was 75 percent packers fans but let's move on to the los angeles chargers team a team that won in los angeles uh or i guess in seattle last week and that did what they needed to do we talked about this game heading into last week how both of these two teams the Chargers and the seahawks are fighting for their wild card positions in their respective conferences and this was kind of a which one is a contender which one's a pretender game and the Chargers definitely handled their business they've handled their business all year long and they won this game dangles hit me with the stats so the chargers win 25 17 the seahawks are one and two at home now both of those losses coming against los angeles teams. i know so, it's uh, tough. Not, not a good year for seattle playing against la uh at home in uh, the pacific northwest uh philip rivers 13 of 26 for 228 yards and two touchdowns no interceptions he was sacked twice russell wilson was 26 of 39 for 235 two touchdowns and that pick six we mentioned uh he was sacked four times uh chargers front line did a good job of getting pressure on him and you saw how that worked out for them uh it's just a little you know port end for the for the rams there uh melvin gordon uh 16 carries 113 yards and a touchdown mike davis led the way for the seattle seahawks 15 carries for 62 yards chris carson uh, i think got hurt he in the got game injured, he, yeah. he got hurt he had eight carries for 40 yards off to a good start um and it's a tough uh, loss hopefully yeah hopefully he's going to be healthy next week because he's been a, an x factor on that offense for them keenan allen uh, is your leading charger 
receivers, six catches for 124 yards, no touchdowns for him. Mike Williams and Tyrell Williams both did find the end zone, though. Uh, and then Doug Baldwin uh, led the way yardage-wise for the Seattle Seahawks with 77 yards on four catches. Nick Vanette is your target leader with six, or your catch leader, I should say, with six catches for 52 yards and uh, a touchdown. They're really spreading the ball around a lot on that Seattle offense. You can see you see a lot of guys uh, getting involved with that. The Seattle Seahawks, I mean, they're they're a tough team. You did what you needed to do. You went in there and you won. But the charges again, it comes back to that kicker every single time. This team, this game should have been uh, uh, out of out of hand for the Seahawks. The Chargers outplayed them in every facet of the game, but Seattle was allowed the chance to come back and had the ball again in the end zone at the end of the game and untimed down and it just dropped out of the receiver's hands. It was only a one-score game at the end because our kicker can just refuses to kick it through the uprights. Uh, Brian, I don't want to talk about the kicker anymore because it's the same shit every week, but is there anything else the Chargers can do to improve their team? They are only a two-loss team in the halfway point of the season. Well, you say they're two-loss team, and it's important to point out who those two teams are, the Los Angeles Rams and the Kansas City Chiefs. Yeah. How good are they is the question that you have to ask yourself at this point. Uh, the Chargers are a good team, and I think they proved that this week Sometimes it's better to be lucky than good. Yeah. And I think the 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 Chargers need a little bit of luck because the last couple of seasons they have not been as lucky and they've been on the 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 shit end of the of the luck stick. Uh, I I think the Los Angeles Chargers have to start believing that this season is more than just what it's been like the last couple of seasons. Mm-hmm. They they're in the right place, at the right time. Are there areas they need to improve upon? Yes, but there are areas that they have on their team right now that they don't have to change. I mean, Melvin Gordon. Melvin Gordon has scored a TD in each of his last six games uh that's 34 tds in the last 36 games he is genuinely that kind of guy that you can you can rely upon absolutely like we talked about with the rams the chargers have to go go stick with what's working for them yeah and that is giving melvin gordon the rock making sure that he's in the passing game that opens up everything else and this offensive line is doing a good job they just need to continue to do that and i think this week they've got a they've got a they got an easy way to get there and those three wide receivers as well are all producing and they're all playing really well phil rivers also spreading the ball around and dangles you texted me uh uh, earlier this past week that we might have another pass catcher returning hopefully to the Los Angeles Chargers. Yes, indeed. According to ESPN's Adam Schefter, this came out earlier today, the Los Angeles Chargers might, might, this is a big might, be able to get tight end Hunter Henry back uh, by December. He tore his ACL during OTAs in May, uh, but league sources are saying he has a chance to return to action next month. Now, I mean, in journalist speak, that 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 essentially means, I mean, the the it's if it's Schefter, you can pretty much bank on it. Yeah. Um, and his sources are almost always good, and so I would say, you know, I, I, as far as how much we couch this, like, and how how much we're actually looking into it, it's it's really difficult to say. I'm not willing to put any amount of money on an ACL tear, someone coming back from an ACL tear that same season. It's just too Six weeks destructive of an injury to your leg and the Absolutely. amount of rehab. I mean, I'm not a doctor, but I just, you know, you know after a long enough time watching it, what it takes to come back from, Absolutely. from those kind of injuries. Um, but only- yes, that would be a huge, huge addition and give Phil Rivers is another another great option uh, in the red zone. The only thing that would make that makes me smile about that is they say he might come back in December, and of course he's not going to be a hundred percent in December. But he'll if he can get some games in at the end of the regular season. By the time the playoffs comes, he could be a certifiable weapon on an offense that already has a billion of them. Yeah, I, I just think that's that's a lot of risk. Yeah. That's a lot of risk putting your game plan on somebody yeah. who's suffering from something that's very serious that, you know, like Adrian Peterson, you know, flat out 
You know, I really do hope. I really do hope that they play it on. I mean, I would love to see him back for you know as somebody who roots for the Chargers, but I really do kind of hope they play it safe. And and if if there's any, he's a young guy too. If there's any questions, stable him for the rest of the season. He, yeah. it's, it's not worth. This is a guy who's going to be your tight end for years to come. He's young. He's big. He's fast. He's got he's good, good hands. Maybe, you know, don't maybe, I, I say I say put him in the pits and and let him recoup and then get him back next season maybe, when he's fully healthy. Maybe he can kick field goals. Who knows? Yeah, uh, well, Brian. What do we have for this Chargers team next week? Uh, this next week, they will be going to the Oakland Raiders, who sit at 1-7. and seven. Well, I mean, do we have to waste time debating whether the Chargers are going to win this game? Not really. Probably not. But can I point out, too, that this is a, you know, we, we continue to harp on this kicker situation. This is a good week to work out a young kicker. Yeah, This is I a agree. great week to get this kid in this game, get him some confidence. And the Oakland Raiders uh, uh, stadium, for all those people who, who can't, can't recall, is that Outfield stadium. Yeah, it's a piece of shit. It's a pile of garbage. Yeah, but kicking on that particular field is an interesting experience because it's one of the more. It's it's basically got a bunker in the middle of the fucking field. <laughs> yeah. So so you as a kicker are, are stuck kind of playing in a different different setting and and that's going to be good for this young man to to be tested in this situation because he's going to be uh, he's got to kick extra points. There's going to yep. be points scored on this uh, yep. particular uh, game and he can't afford to make any mistakes. So we'll see what this kid's got and hopefully he can build himself uh, uh, up in this game because they're going to need him at the end of the year. Yeah. I have the Chargers winning this game handedly. There's, uh, there is no chance that I think uh, Oakland can can surprise the How? Chargers. I don't believe it's a trap game either because I think Oakland has given up on the season. I was gonna say, do you really, do you really buy into this whole thing that just Oakland is is playing for next year? I, I hundred percent, absolutely hundred percent. They they just weren't ready to play on Thursday night against San Fran. They got blown out by a third string quarterback, and and you got a Chargers team. How that's, sad was that? That's fully healthy and sad. ready to go. I don't think the Raiders. Uh, most of the Raiders know they're not going to be in Oakland next year, and I don't think. Think they're playing for their for their career. Do you think they went into the Oakland Raiders? Do you think they went into this season thinking high? They had high hopes. And, Undoubtedly. Or do you think John Gruden knew what he had and and realized that he was going to start blowing shit up the second stuff hit? Once shit went wrong, yeah. I think the first month of the season, John Gruden sort of looked around and said, "I can't do anything." But the beginning of the season, this whole Oakland team wanted to get back into the playoffs because it wasn't too long ago we were like, "This could be an AFC Championship team." That was not too well, long. Well, Gruden ago. is notorious for wanting things his way, yeah. so I could imagine he probably threw a fit the second things started going bad and kind of blew it up from there so you have the chargers as well brian i do and dangles yeah i'm gonna pick the chargers i i do think that they need to be a little bit concerned about the fact that their last two games have essentially come down to the final play yes we've talked about how you know kicking what who knows what could happen if the kicking game had been a little bit stronger but you know a tennessee game in london was a two-point conversion the defense stepped up and made a play obviously this past week it came down to one last play in the end zone and and it was close one as well it Mm -hmm. was a drop in the end zone as you mentioned earlier tony so i think I think that's a little bit of a, a concern for the Chargers that they aren't able to put these. They are able to put them away, but that it's not so much of a sure thing. If mm-hmm. if, if that sort of makes sense, um, I, I do. But they're they're they're. I actually just saw this. The Chargers are third in the NFL in offensive DVOA. Uh, for those of you who aren't familiar with that, that means that the Chargers are offensively are gaining meaningful yardage. That the plays that they are running are impactful, and that they are not only positive but. The, the the way they affect the rest of the game is is in a positive manner, yeah. and you can't say that about every team, even if they are gaining a lot of yards. Absolutely, and the Chargers, this is a tough schedule. They're not playing the greatest teams, but to go to London, then to Seattle, and then play in Oakland, that's a tough schedule. You have to win those road games, and they're doing it, and we all have the Chargers. We also all have the Rams. That means we only got one thing left to do, pick the rest of the league. So let's move on to the pick'em section. Let's go. Cool. 
downstairs. And we are now in the pick'em section. The pick'em section. Again, guys, last week we didn't do great, but we all had winning records. Brian and I both went 9-5. and five. Dangles went 8-6. and six. We are over halfway through the season. Okay, we're hitting week 10. There's only eight weeks remaining, and we are all so close. Only six games separate the three of us in the season-long standings to determine who gets the season three pick'em crown. Brian, again, two-time, two-time defending champion and is in last place right now, but has a really good record of 76 and 57. Dangles, three games ahead of Brian, 79 and 54. And myself, the first one to hit 80, I am 82 and 51. Again, six games separate us, 120. 20 NFL games remain. There is plenty of time for you two idiots to make up ground on the King. Let's see where it begins with Thursday night. It begins Thursday night with the Carolina Panthers 6-2 and two at the 5-2-1 and one Pittsburgh Steelers. A hell of a Thursday night game. A hell of a Thursday Exciting night stuff, game. Exciting stuff, man. This is a tough one to pick because both of these teams are sort of rounding into form right now. That Carolina team can score on anybody and that defense is solid. Pittsburgh's defense is not too great, but that offense has so many playmakers on it, you can't really stop them. There's a chance Le'Veon Bell comes back for this game at the time of recording. That you know, He tweeted out this past week that he was leaving Miami, the place where he was training these past two months as his, as his rest of his Steeler team was playing real games. Who knows what would happen if I was a Steeler? I would not want him on the team. I'd be fine with James Conner. I don't know if that creates it's a, a, a little rift in the locker room if he suddenly is on the practice field and suiting up for the game on Sunday. I'm interested to see how that all plays out. That being said, oh man, this is a tough one to pick. I am going with the home team, the Pittsburgh Steelers. These Thursday night games are a toss-up. They can go either way, but I just think the home field advantage at Heinz Field at night will help out that team, and I'm picking Pittsburgh to beat Carolina in what will be a really good game. I'm going with the Carolina Panthers here. Uh, I'm really high on them right now. I just I like what they're doing on offense. Um, they seem to be clicking. They're finding ways to throw a bunch of different looks at you. This Pittsburgh Steelers defense is is good, not great. Mm-hmm. They're very much a bend-don't-break sort of defense, and I think they'd be easy to take advantage of. And Cam loves to play under the spotlight. You know whenever the camera's on him, when the bright lights are on, even if it's just a Thursday night game, it's the only game on, mm-hmm. he knows you're watching him. Uh, he always puts on a show when he's on that kind of stage. The Panther, Panthers are hot right now, and uh, uh, yeah, i like him to win this one. Brian? Well, the hardest thing about this game to me is the Pittsburgh Steelers at home make things more difficult mm-hmm. for, for everybody. The last game they played was uh, last past two preseasons, so you don't have a lot of head-to-head competition here uh, with these two teams. Carolina scares me because they're rolling right now, but the Pittsburgh Steelers are, are, are a deadly team in November. I'm going to stick with the with the Pittsburgh Steelers uh, winning in uh, November. The, the formula has been so successful the last couple of years, I just can't imagine they're not going to pull this out. Uh, yeah, I, I agree with you. I'm right there with you. Moving on. Next, we've got the 7-1 and New Orleans Saints at the 5-3 and Cincinnati Bengals who are coming off a, a bye. By the way, speaking of byes, we've got the Ravens, Broncos, Texans, and Vikings this week. Ravens, Broncos, Texans, Vikings. There's some good teams on the bye. Before okay. we get to the Mary Fuck Hill. Ravens, Broncos, Texans, Vikings. I am going to kill the Broncos. I'm going to... No, I'm going to kill the Ravens. I don't think the Ravens are a real team anymore. I'm going to marry the uh, Vikings, and I'm going to fuck with the Texans. Nice. I think, I, I think I'd think i switch maybe the, the, the Ravens and the Broncos for, for, uh, for yeah, killing. Yeah, I would too. But uh, we know how we all stand on the, on the Ravens. So uh, once again, that's the New Orleans Saints at the 5-3 and three Cincinnati Bengals. This is a tough one. I'm going with uh, the Cincinnati Bengals can score a lot of points, but I think A.J. Green being gone for them is going to be huge, and I'm picking New Orleans to keep that train rolling. I agree with you. I'm also picking New Orleans. Make that three. Next, we've got the 
Falcons, who are at four and four, much better than the record. I think we can all agree at the two six and one Cleveland Browns. Uh, Atlanta. Yeah, definitely the Falcons. Definitely Falcons. Uh, next, we've got the three and five, recently uh, dead Detroit Lions. Yeah. Uh, at the uh, five and three Chicago Bears. This is a this is a game to test that Chicago metal, I think, because Chicago's beaten up some really crappy teams, but Detroit's Detroit's offense can make Mitch score points. The question is. Can that Detroit offense get it together in time to play this Chicago Bears team in Chicago? I, uh, damn it, I don't want to pick Chicago, but I am picking Chicago to win this game. I still don't think they're a real team. I really don't. I don't trust Mitch Trubisky when it comes down to crunch time, but Detroit has just fallen apart left and right. I'm going Chicago. Yeah, me too. Uh, this game is at home for them. They're at Soldier Field. Soldier Field. Uh, I I think they're good. I like the Chicago Bears a lot. I think that they are going to have an easy time with a, a lackluster Lions team. Also, the thing that you have to take into consideration when thinking about the Detroit Lions is their offensive line play the last game was utter nonsense. Utter nonsense. 11 think, times Matt Stafford was sacked. sacked. Yeah. 11 times. That is unbelievable. That is not the thing that that you know, if your defense is killing you and you're the and you're the Detroit Lions, that makes sense. But when your offensive line, you've got so much money up front, you've got Matt Stafford and and the the release of Golden Tate to to the Philadelphia Eagles, you can't feel good about this offensive identity and and it's not going to happen against the Chicago Bears uh reluctantly picking the Chicago Bears. Yep. Next, we have the 2 and 6 Arizona Cardinals at the 8-1 Kansas City Chiefs. Um listen <laughs> There's not a chance in hell. Not a chance in hell Kansas City loses to Arizona. I'm picking Kansas City. Uh, yeah. Next. Uh, Kansas is, City for that, everybody. That, so far, four straight games that are just easy picks. Easy picks. Easy picks. This early morning slate is not going to be interesting to no, watch. No, it's not. Might be sleeping through this one. Uh, next, we have the most interesting game thus far, uh, the 7-2 and two your New England Patriots dangles versus the four and four Tennessee Titans. Ah, the master and the student, Bill <laughs> Belichick versus Mike Vrabel. No, seriously, these two have a shit ton of respect for each other. Uh, Belichick thinks Vrabel's one of the best he ever coached, and I agree, he's one of the best linebackers. He was a huge reason, obviously, why their defense was so strong in the early two thousands. Um, I don't think the Titans are going to be able to run with the Patriots in this game. I think, I think it's it's, it's a it, it, yeah, the Patriots win. <laughs> I agree with you, and I'm also interested to see how. How this uh, how this stadium looks like because my father along with a crew of his cronies and he's not the only crew I know going down have made this a trip to go down to Nashville and attend the game in Tennessee and there's quite a a big Patriots contingent making the short trip down to Nashville to watch their team play in a nice uh, I have no idea in a nice little I think they're flying um, and so yeah I'm picking New England because I think it's going to be a half and half stadium although Tennessee's defense is for real it's going to be an interesting game. Yeah, I mean, uh, when you've got the eighth-ranked defense for the Tennessee Titans facing the ninth-ranked uh, New England Patriots offense, uh, it's it, it's going to be very interesting to see what the what the New England Patriots are going to dial up uh, to beat the Tennessee Titans. I would not be surprised if you start seeing maybe some some excitement, some fireworks out of this New England Patriots offense. They started we, last week. Yeah, they you, threw the Edelman screen pass. It was a wonderful play call, and James White should have really scored. He got tripped up by his shoelaces. They they had to pull out some stops. They're pulling out these stops though because again. Against Buffalo and again against Green Bay, that regular offense isn't working. You know what I mean? They're yeah. they're, they're starting to fall up, uh, starting to make some mistakes around the offensive line. They have some injuries around. I think Tennessee could make it a game. I really could, do. very could, very well could. But I, I I'm not going to doubt uh, Mr. White and 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 Mr. Brady and company. Yes. And, and 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 I think Gronkowski's got something to prove too. If he if he plays, if he, he plays. did he did miss this uh, this this last week, and obviously Sony Michelle uh, being out, it really limits what they're able to do with the running game. They're still putting 
putting uh, slash Cordell slash Cordell Patterson That's in crazy. the uh, into the running game and 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 having him do more than just returning kicks. Uh, by the way, to answer your question, Brian, a short seventeen and a half hour drive from Weymouth, Massachusetts, Tony's hometown, to dedication. Nashville, Tennessee. That Shout is out dedication. To Weymouth. Are you picking New England, Brian? Uh, oh yeah. Uh, we have uh, the next game. Uh, still the morning games. Uh, the Washington Redskins at five and three visiting. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers at three and five. This is my upset pick of the week. I think Tampa Bay wins this game, not because they're at home and not because that defense is any good, but because Washington is losing people left and right, and yeah. it just gets to a point where your team is no longer as good as your record is. They lost three starters this past Sunday for the season. Trent Williams will not be back in this game. Chris Thompson has been in and out. This team is just losing people left and right. I think Ha Clinton Dix still needs to get assimilated into the into the uh, defense. There, learning all the signals and stuff. Uh, it was weird that they started him last week because he he did blow some coverages just because he didn't know what the calls were i do think tampa bay does just enough to win this game he's a body i feel like you got to have on the field though if you have a if you get a safety of his caliber on your team even if you know i mean you can you can give him a basic understanding of your defense and and yeah obviously there's going to be some missed calls i'm with you tony i actually think the bucks are going to win this game they climbed, I really thought i was going to be alone no no, no they climbed, I, I was i was impressed how they climbed back into the game they didn't give up against the carolina panthers fitz magic came back out in the second uh, uh, quarter of that game and was slinging the ball um, uh, against a very, very good Carolina team. I, 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 yeah, and I agree with you. The injuries are going to be an issue for the Redskins. I'm picking the Tampa Bay Bucks here. I also think what's interesting about this matchup is the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are like a little brother to the Atlanta Falcons. Mm-hmm. They're kind of constructed the same way. Mm-hmm. Uh, their defense is shoddy, but they've got a, such a high-powered offense. I would be worried if I was the Washington Redskins, like we talked about uh, early in the week, that if the Washington Redskins get behind early, they're kind of in trouble yeah. for the rest of the game. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to go with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers here, too. Wow. I'm we sorry. all have the upset Well, pick. because I, I, I told you guys off the air that I think the biggest mistake I made last week was having faith that the Washington Redskins were going to beat the Atlanta Falcons. <laughs> I just don't feel like making that decision again because I will be mad. I'll be more mad at myself uh, if I pick the Redskins here and uh, uh, and, 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 and they win. Than the vice versa. So, so that makes that makes uh, now six straight games where we've all picked all three teams. I think things are about to get really interesting. Mm-hmm. Maybe not this game. Starting after this game, we've got the Buffalo Bills at the New York Jets. Buffalo Bills being two and seven, and those New York Jets, those awesome New York Jets, at three and six. You, uh, you know, I I, I, I kind of have to feel bad for Nathan Peterman because I'm almost convinced. I was watching some of his post game press conferences, or press conference remarks, and I'm almost convinced that there's someone on the Bills coaching staff who is behind. The little curtain that he's standing in front of, holding a revolver between his shoulder blades, going, "Just say, say nice things about the team. Be confident. We're not going down in flames. Everything is fine." Like you know, he, I don't understand how he, he's. He, you got to be confident in your team. But if Josh Allen were starting this game, I'd be picking the Bills. I think this would be a, a, an absolutely a winnable game for them. Their defense is good, um, and I think they really only need to find. He's the, not the coming back, is he? On, there, I read today there is a, a possibility that he might return for this game Ooh. on Sunday. Uh, uh, that was according to ESPN's uh, 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 Bills reporter. Mike Rodak, I think is his name, was saying that, that Sean McDermott said in his, conf- his press conference to uh, Monday that, um, that there was the possibility that Josh Allen returns. If he is in this game, I think the Bills win. Uh, a like, more likely scenario that he's not, uh, I'm picking the Jets. I'm picking the Jets no matter who plays because the Buffalo Bills, 
The point differential for the Buffalo Bills this season is minus 136. It's bad. That's minus bad. 136. Well, they can't get into They've the red zone. They've scored 96 points total on the season. Total. In nine games, 96 points. That's averaging just above 10 points a game. You can't do that in today's NFL and expect to win they're games. They're turning the and, ball over a lot, too. And this Jets defense is for real. I truly Third believe they're defense. a frisky team. Third-ranked defense am, with that point differential. I am picking the Jets as well, Dangles. I'll be picking the Jets as well, only because I think uh, Sam Darnold – uh, like we talked about, has had a up and down season. I think he's good for two bad games, like he has been the last two weeks. I think he's going to bounce back against the Bills. Let everybody that everybody has been beating up on. Uh, next, we have the Jacksonville Jaguars, who are three and five, coming off a bye, uh, to play the Indianapolis Colts at three and five who are also on a bye. I'm sticking with my guns here. I think Indy is the better team. I think they put up too many points on this Jacksonville defense that has been letting up a lot of points, and uh, it's more points than Blake Bortles can come up with. Indy wins on the fast track. The Jaguars need Leonard Fournette back in a bad way. They are really, really missing him hard right now. They can't generate anything on offense. Uh, you can't win. As good as your defense might be, you can't win if you don't score points. Uh, and I just don't think you can rely on the Jaguars' defense to be the difference in this game. I am also going to pick the Colts on the shoulder and yeah. uh, shoulders and arm of Andrew Luck. The Jaguars are in trouble. They've played eight games, yet five of them have been home. Usually you are doing better at home than you do on the road, which means the end of the season they're playing more games on the road than not. They're in trouble. I think Dangles hit the nail on the head. I think with Leonard Fournette, even if he does come back in this game, which is a possibility, he's not going to be full full go. Uh, that rest was great, that one week off. But what also it did is it gave Indianapolis Colts more time to get Marlon Mack back in the mix. Mm-hmm. I think Marlon Mack... He's been impressive. He's, has he's been shown, unbelievable. He's shown some real elusiveness and, and an ability to find the end zone. In two years, no players had more yards from scrimmage when they played. Mm-hmm. Marlon Mack is the real deal. I mean, the Colts haven't had a, a consistent rusher since Edger and James, like Set. they really need, they really need someone Telling to step you that in offense and have is coming together. You know, have he's an had more here. rushing yards since. Uh, 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 well, that's not Joseph true. For, I'm sorry, Frank Gore. That's not true. Frank Gore was was a consistent rusher for them, but he they was. haven't had a breakout. I mean, Frank Gore was good, you but know, never, but never, never a, like great. He managed to climb his way. Yeah. He just put together a lot of yards. Obviously, he's top five rushing of all time. But um, it really was. Le- Edron James was the last time they had an explosive rusher, a guy who you had to really game plan for and be afraid. And of. think about what that offense could be like with Andrew Luck playing as well as Andrew Luck is playing and having an official runner. I think I think this being a home game, the Indianapolis Colts uh, make me feel a little bit more comfortable than Blake Bortles. Before we move on, Indianapolis playing one game less than the first two teams is third in the AFC in points scored. Third in the AFC in points scored, these Indianapolis Colts. And hopefully this week they figured out how to, ha- how to play defense. And again, guys, I don't want to harp on this too much, but we have one game right now where we differ at all. Well, this might be this the week. Never this might be the week fans out there start gambling. Yeah, because we're, we're agreeing on all of these. This isn't. We're not exactly like going on a limb on a couple of these either. I think we feel pretty confident about these. Uh, the next game we've got the Miami Dolphins, who are five and four, at your Green Bay Packers, who are three, four, and one. Yep, I said it. Uh, I said it three weeks ago before their bye. They had the easiest part of their schedule already, and they didn't do their business. Talking about Green Bay here, and I, I laid out the next five games and how hard the schedule was, and I said they needed to go three and two with one of those wins against the Vikings. Well, they started off 0-2, which means they need to win three straight, and I do believe they do it. I don't think Miami Dolphins are as good as their record says they are, and I think coming to Lambeau is going to be difficult for them. Green Bay writes the ship and wins this game handedly. Go Pack, go. Yeah, I like Green Bay to win this as well. Um, there, I think they're just the better team. Uh, Miami somehow still riding. We've we've left 
uh, Brocktober now and officially into November. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he is still, still somehow the quarterback of this team. Mm-hmm. Really, really just something to behold after Where's it. Where's Tannehill? A terrible Where? 13. I haven't even he's paid still, attention. He's still hurt, and Brock's playing okay. I, I, I mean, yeah, but I, I think the Packers win this game. They're going to want to bounce back after Listen, the New the, England loss. The, pa- oh. the, the Packers have proven that they can hang with the big guns. They were a play away from beating the Rams, and they were close enough to beat these uh, New England Patriots. Another uh, costly fumble in the red zone for them. It, it was a tough way to lose, but... The, the the pack can play. I think they beat Miami. There there's a time to go out on a limb. I don't know if this is it with the 28th ranked offense, the 26th ranked defense, the 26th ranked passing offense, and the 21st ranked rushing offense. I don't know if the Dolphins have much to to muster to to make this a game. Um, I would like to pick them, but I'm not. I'm just gonna have to go with the Green Bay Packers. Keep this keep this train going. Uh, by the way, that was a, an afternoon game. We're now into the Sunday night game, uh, 8.20 Eastern Standard Time, 5.20 for your Pacific Coasters. Uh, Dallas Cowboys 3-5 and five versus the 4-4 four and four Philadelphia Eagles. This is an ugly game. This yeah. is an ugly it's Sunday been, night game. It, 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 I mean, these two teams always play each other ugly. Sure, yeah, but I just don't think Dallas is a real team. I think they're a joke. I think Philly wins this game. They're they, a good defensive spot, man. Write, write me I, down for Philly. I agree with you, but I'm, I'm with Brian. I don't even think it's close. Dallas no. showed me who they were this Monday night game. At they, Philly. They should have beat They should have beat what about Tennessee the run? What handedly. about the Philadelphia run game? I mean, it's almost non-existent. Is Carson, is Carson Wentz really? I mean, this is going to rely almost exclusively on Carson Wentz, finding Alshon Jeffrey, getting Nelson Aguilar involved. Obviously, this is the debut of Golden Tate. I'm interested to see how he fits into this offense. Of course, you're going to be seeing lots of short routes, getting him the ball in space, letting him do what he does best, make guys miss. The thing Um, is, though, Philly only needs to score 20 to beat this Dallas team. Dallas can't score. They cannot do it. Not to mention what they have in the tight end position. I think what you're going to see in the second half of the Philadelphia Eagles, you're going to see them rivaling teams like the Indianapolis Colts and the New England Patriots. I think just going to put up massive amounts of points. Having Dallas Goddard and Zach Ertz, that was the story going into this bye week. Wasn't necessarily Golden Tate. He's the X factor, right? But what they're getting out of the production out of their tight ends is insane. They've yep. they've got two Pro Bowler uh, tight end caliber players crushing defenses. And they spent this bye week watching that Washington oh. Redskins game and going, Dallas guys, all day. this this uh, gonna get crushed. This uh, this division is ours for the taking. I don't think Philly's the same team they were last year, but I think they understand. They just got to win a couple of Where games to win that division. I'm you going know, with Philly. Uh, I, I really want to pick the Cowboys here. Um, I think I'm going to pick the Cowboys. I like the Cowboys for, I like the Cowboys for an upset here. I need to make up some ground. I can see them doing it. Um, yeah. it's, it's maybe, it may not be likely. They are a good defensive team, and if Zeke Elliott has a big game on the ground, they do have the sixth rushing overall rushing offense in the NFL. Yes, they do. Uh, so if he can get going, uh, rumbling on the ground for them, this Philly defense has not been as strong as it has it was in past years. So no, we'll see. I'm not going to lie to you. The Sunday night, another game under the under the headlights here. I really think Philly's going to blow them out, and I really think by the time we're recording next week, Jason Garrett's looking for a new job. Wow. Yeah. If Bold if prediction. if Dallas does win this game, you are officially scared if you're a Philadelphia Eagles fan. Oh, for sure. Oh, 100. Sure. Next, we've got the Monday night game. Yes, the 8.15 Eastern Standard Time. New York Giants, 1-7, coming across the United States, all those flyover states, to the San Francisco 49ers uh, at 2-7. What a stinker. (laughs) What a Monday night football. Okay, I I think maybe they thought this was going to be a better game when they scheduled this. They thought Eli Manning was going to be better than Eli Manning, and they thought what's-his-face was going to be playing. Saquon Barkley versus versus Jimmy Garoppolo. Like, this will be a great matchup. These will be two teams. Tony's cracking up over here. Yeah, this this is is bad. 
three combined wins between oh these teams uh, and 14 losses. This is this is a really, really well, tragic football I, I, game. I'm going to go. The I think the better players are on the Giants' side, but I think the better coach is on the uh, 49ers' side, and I'm going with San Fran here. This is just a terrible Monday night football game. How am I going to gamble on this game? Like, what could I possibly take? The, the, the over and interceptions thrown? I think no matter whether it's C.J. Bethard or Nick Mullins, San Fran wins this game, and I think New York Giants are fighting the Oakland Raiders for the first one to be on the clock. I'm going to pick New York here. Uh, you're an idiot. No. I, I, dude, I think this game is, no, is very much a toss-up. I think you're absolutely right that the better players are on the New York side of the ball. I think San Francisco turns the ball over a lot. I don't think Eli has to be a world beater in this game. I think Saquon Barkley can probably do a lot of the work for himself. And if Odell Beckham can have like 100 yards, he, which he can do on four catches and get a touchdown out of it, I think this is a winnable game for them. Oh. And I, I, I just – the 49ers – 49ers stink. They had a great game last week against a shitty Oakland Raiders team. They're playing team. the same team. I, I still they're playing oh, the same. I, team. I think there are that. much better skill position players on the Giants than there are, especially at the running back and the wide receiver position, uh, uh, than there were on the Oakland Raiders. I don't think that's an apples to apples comparison, and I, I do think this is a very winnable game for the Giants. I will. I will gladly take San Fran again. Are you taking the Giants? Brian? Absolutely. Okay. Great. I'm taking the Giants also because the the New York Giants are coming off a bye. And you think Nick Mullins is going to have a fucking great back-to-back game Nick, against against this Giants team, which is going to be well-coached. Yes, New York Giants are coming off a bye, but San Fran's coming off a 10-day's rest. They played on Thursday. Yeah, it doesn't matter because the San Francisco 49ers are still are going to be heavily counting on a, on a one-year player at quarterback who had a decent game again against a very, very dead Oakland Raiders team. Yeah. And the New York Giants have more pride than the Oakland Raiders do I right don't now. know if they do. Oh, I believe they do. I believe Eli Manning has more pride than what Derek Carr is trying to put together over in the Oakland Raiders. You watch. The New York Giants are going to spank the San Francisco 49ers. Oh, man. I can't. Calling it now. Hey, You're I welcome, will, LJ. I will see you next Tuesday. And the left coasters will see you next Tuesday because that's all for the weekly pick And I'll be wearing some 49ers red and gold, man, because they're going to whip that ass in New York. Giants. Uh, that's it for the weekly pick 'em. That's it for the left coasters. Tony Cavallo, Matthew Dangles, Daniel Antonio, Brian the Ballerina, Balzarini. You can find us on Facebook and Instagram, the Left Coasters Podcast, Left Coasters Podcast at gmail.com if you want to send us your questions and comments. Thank you again for listening to the show. And if you're in that Detroit area Friday night, please go see Gene Makovsky, Gene Makovsky Music on Facebook. He's the one that wrote this lovely little uh, this lovely little ditty that you're listening to right now. Thank you again for joining us on the Left Coasters. We'll be back next week to break it all down again and we end it with a hearty ram it. Hey there, my name is Michael Laminato and this is Pit Pass F1, a brand new podcast that'll take you closer to the action of the world's most prestigious motorsport. From Monaco to Miami and Australia to Azerbaijan, Pit Pass F1 is on the ground and has you covered. Esteemed F1 journalists Julianne Serasoli and Chris Medland will take you inside the sport every round. They'll keep you up to date with the latest news breaking in Formula One and the most influential views shaping the world of Grand Prix racing. 
Every Friday, we'll be bringing you a track guide and race preview. And Chris and Drew will be in your feed every morning from Saturday through to Monday to keep you up to date on all the day's action on and off the track. So if you want to be in the know on the latest in Formula One, subscribe wherever you get your favourite podcasts and visit us at evergreenpodcasts.com. Pit Pass F1, a brand new show for Evergreen Podcasts.